Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. It is MJ from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another of the 50 most relevant podcast episodes where every single day we look through who I believe are the most relevant players in Supercoach, AFL, Fantasy, and Dream Team. We throw them all together in a big melding pot. So if you play one, some, or all of the fantasy formats of the game, there's something for you in every single episode. We find ourselves today at number 44, a bit of a breakout candidate for many players. And so we thought we'd get one of the breakout candidates of the fantasy footy community. I've got Louis. You can follow him, by the way, at you know, on Twitter, at Louis AF. Hello, buddy. How are you? Good, thanks, MJ. Thanks for having me on the show today, mate. Pretty keen to unwrap what's probably a little bit of a speculative player this year. It's a really interesting one when you start to dive into some of the details. And again, you can read all about him now at coachespanel.tv. But the former first round pick now finds himself at the Essendon Football Club. Thanks to a trade during the latest trade period, he has picked up mid-forward eligibility. And let's be honest, truth be told, if he was just a mid, he would not make the list. That forward eligibility is one of the key things that's made him pick up into this 50. His best ever score last year was an 84 in Supercoach. That came against the Crows. While in AFL Fantasy, it was a 75 against the Western Bulldogs. That's not an adjusted score. That's actually what he did. So around about that 90 mark, if you're using the times 1.25, which is kind of the, the cleanest way to be able to do an adjusted average. In terms of his best ever scores, those are it. That is as best as he's ever done. And while an average price point, he's going to set you back just under a 65. It was a 64.8 in Supercoach, meaning in that format, he's priced just under 350K, just over 54 an average last year in AFL Fantasy. Again, that's an adjusted average. They've bumped that up to a 67.75 in AFL Fantasy. He's going to set you back pretty much flatline 500K while in Dream Team. Very, very similar price, $500,700. And Louis, if you've been watching any of the Essendon Football Club over the past couple of years, ever since Joe Watson kind of retired from the game, that footy club has, has been crying out for someone that's a big body that loves to win the contest and, and has a little bit of burst from stoppage. And that's what they've gone and picked up with Jai Caldwell. Definitely. At the moment, they've got Dylan Shield, Andrew McGrath, Zach Merritt, Darcy Parrish, probably their main rotation. And in that mix, you'd say McGrath's probably the toughest, most in and under. They really want to be feeding it out to Dylan Shield and Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish as often as possible. We've seen what they can do when entering inside 50. They've picked up some tolls in the draft. So I think they're really going to want to utilise the skills that Jai Caldwell has. And he said for a couple of years now, he wants to play that in and under mid. And even the coaching staff have said that that's a role that they've already flagshipped him to play. Yeah, and he's what's going to help that even more so is the failed trade attempt for Josh Dunkley. That's where coaches 
might've been a little apprehensive about how much they'd be keen on Jai. Let's be honest, it probably would have pumped Josh Dunkley's fantasy relevance through the roof had that trade gone off. But because of that, as you've talked about, his desire has meant he's now at Essendon. There's a vacancy there. There's a role there. As a junior, we've only seen him really play less than a dozen games of football. But as a junior, he was renowned for his physicality, that big body midfielder, really clean hands. Um, someone even contrasted him to his former captain in Stephen Cornelio. And he's just bide his time. And Jackson Haley is another name we might talk about the 50 most relevant. He too has left that football club at GWS looking for further opportunity. If, if we go back to his 2019 year and start to look at some of the fantasy footy numbers he delivered, we did get some small glimpses of a scoring potential. And again, it was without really any midfield opportunity um, in, in his debut game, it's 13 possessions. He took five marks, six tackles, finished the game with a 72 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, a 73 in Supercoach. And then last year, he played nine games. He delivered three scores over 70, two over AFL Fantasy. Again, they're not adjusted scores. Um, and they're not stunning numbers, really, are they, Louis? But I suppose if we contrast them with going, he didn't really get much midfield time. To get there and thereabouts that does give us some hope that he has got some fantasy scoring potential. That's it. There's certainly something there. We've seen little glimpses at times and he's been able to get on little scoring bursts where he has gotten those 20 point quarters, which is nice to see in terms of improvement. We saw him improve by an adjusted score of 12.75 points in 2020. That's only his second year of AFL football. So he could be that elusive third year breakout that everybody starts to chase, but Based on what he's been able to do as a junior and in the AFL so far, his numbers don't exactly point to, uh, using an example like a James Warfel last year, where he had the junior numbers behind him to suggest that he's a player that can really hit the ground running and scoring immediately in the AFL, whereas Caldwell has been a little bit touch and go so far and probably needs to show something really early on in the season if you're going to pick him and persist with him, I think. Yeah, he, he's such a difficult one already through the 50 most relevant. Just in, in the past couple of days, we've revealed names like Tom Phillips, Lance Franklin, Joe Danaher. And again, in different formats, these guys are all got different levels of value and increased or decreased relevance. But he finds himself in that really interesting position where he does present potential value, but we've also got some proven value that's 100, 200,000 cheaper. We've also got some guys that are, you know, a little bit more expensive, but have shown that they can go that 90 plus for us across the formats. Uh, over the two years he did spend at GWS, he did just play the 11 games of football. And that wasn't just because he couldn't get into the side in terms of contests for spots. That was consistent injury issues, dogging him. And that wasn't just something that happened through his time at GWS, right throughout his junior career as well. There was just continual soft tissue injuries. Even in his final season before he got drafted in the under-18s, he only played three TAC Cup games for the Bendigo Pioneers, just one for Vic Country and a handful for his school side. So the, the club, GWS, before moving him on, uh, obviously not with a lot of joy about letting him go, um, they were really conservative with him, weren't they, Louis? They were taking their time. They were trying to build that body up, trying to make sure that his, he could handle the physicality of football. And I suppose that's now some positives for Essendon because everything coming out of Essendon and out of Jai himself, he believes he's got a, 
on top of some of those physicality issues and feels like he should be able to play some consistent footy. Yeah, you're spot on, MJ. And that's probably where some of the uncertainty lies because he was fit at GWS at times, but just wasn't given the opportunity because it was such a strong team as well as building his body up. So uh, from an Essendon perspective, they've really recruited Jai Caldwell at the perfect time in his career. They can uh, entirely mould him the way that they want him to play. And that's going to be governed by Ben Rutten, who's the new coach, who is definitely worth touching on as well because are we going to see a new game style from yeah. Essendon in 2021 or are we going to see um, an adaptation of what John Warsfold was able to do for the Bombers last year? Yeah, and, and ultimately we're only going to get a couple of glimpses of that through the preseason. We're not going to get that full clarity about what that actually is. They did bring in some tools that you alluded to, Louis, mate, right at the top of the episode. That's handy for us. Perkins, really the only midfielder, quote unquote, that they've brought into the side they're going to give those games to. So it's going to be interesting because all the planets feel like they're aligning, but then there's just some doubt for me under the surface because you go third year in the season, in, you know, third season, AFL, you know, has got that understanding of what's required of him. Uh, moved into a team where there's a vacancy in the inside midfield role. Um, is price for us at a position where he's got value. Um, he even has the forward eligibility. So everything's there, but we just have only seen glimpses of it. I know we saw glimpses from Andrew Brayshaw, you know, in 2019, we saw pockets of it. And then in 2020, everything worked out for him where he ended up being one of the best forwards for us across all the formats last year. So for some, they might be thinking he's, he's the Brayshaw of 2020. He's the Warple of 2019. Um, but we've not really seen it. And you talk about that game style. There's not, there's other midfielders there that have also been waiting for that full opportunity to really dominate through the midfield. And while it could be Caldwell's role to take, Darcy Parrish has also been biding his time to try to get a full-blown midfield role. That's it. And in the past, we've also seen in and under midfielders don't have the ceiling that we perhaps think they may being, you know, around the contested situation so often. I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, Essendon want to dish it off to Zach Merritt and Dylan Shield because they can use the ball by foot entering 50. So it's probably, we're probably going to be looking at circumstance with Jai Caldwell. It's worth mentioning that he's come from GWS, which is a high fantasy scoring team as well. And he's gone over to Essendon who ranked 14th in the competition, as well as not using the ball by foot and by hand as much as what GWS Giants do. So there could be a little bit of a knock there too. It's all about how he assimilates to the team, I think. Yeah, and, and it's for those kind of, there's a lot of big question marks and unknowns. He's in a new team with a new coach. He's only shown us a dozen games of elite league footy. And, and we don't know that he's going to do it. There are guys that, like I said, cheaper a few days ago, Buddy Franklin, Joe Danaher. Uh, again, they've got their own injury concerns, but you know with them, if they're fit, Tom Phillips, we talked about who is number 49 in the 50 most relevant. We know that if they get the role, they can score. We know that if we're in the park, they can score. Everything's projected and forecast that it should for Caldwell but there's nothing proven beyond glimpses in games. It's, it's why for me right now, I'm not really that keen on him. I, I certainly on the watch list, I'm keen to see what he does through the preseason, but he's, he's not locked stocked and, and immovable out of any of my sides in fantasy dream team or super coach. What, what's your take, Louis? Are you going to pick him, pass uh, him or just watch I'll him? definitely watch. Uh, 
as we've seen already, he's had a role pinned for him. So, look, if he can play that to a certain stand in the preseason, then that may show me enough to pick him, but it's going to depend on who's priced around him and how they perform as well. One thing I think is quite interesting with Jai Coldwell is that of the top 10 2018 draft class, only Bailey Smith was younger. So it suggests that he's probably, yeah. you know, six to nine months behind that 2018 super draft. So there is a little bit of scope for catch-up improvement too. So that's what is definitely one to watch yeah, in the preseason. Yeah, and look at and if you're looking to pick him up in a draft league, again, every format has a different strategy about how you go in doing that in and in keeper leagues. He's going to have some nice value for you this year because he's got the potential to do something nice for you. But in a single season draft league, look, I don't see him going inside the top 20 forwards by season's end. I think he's got potential, but I don't think he's going to be there. It's why for me, I wouldn't advocate for reaching for him anywhere further than an F3 on, on draft day. I'd feel pretty comfortable with him as my F4, but someone's going to buy into this preseason hype, won't they, Louis? They'll, they might be an Essendon fan. They might see him, you know, dominate one of the preseason games or an intra-club, and then they reach for him a little bit early. So I'll, I'll probably not end up drafting him on draft day for that reason, but would you go any earlier than F3 for him on, in uh, a draft? I'd go F3 at absolute worst. I think F4 is more his position, and I think you're spot on, Um an Essendon fan probably will go early on Jai Coldwell or someone who's buying into the hype. So I'd let them take that risk. But at F4, there's a whole lot worse options that you could have in that position as well. Yeah, no, I think so too. Hey, mate, appreciate your thoughts today, Louis, as we've talked about Jai Coldwell. No, beautiful, MJ. Appreciate you having me on the show. Mate, anytime you like. If you want to get in touch with him on Twitter, it's at Louis, L-E-W-Y-A-F-E. Would love to have a chat with you, not just about Jai Caldwell, but about anything fantasy footy related in the preseason. If you want to read the article on Jai, that's online now at coachespanel.tv. And also it's where you can get the links to join the Patreon army and you can get some early access content to these podcast episodes. Yep. They already know who's at number 43. They're ahead of the game with you right now, my friend. Uh, you can also go and check out a whole bunch of other exclusive access content. We'll be back tomorrow. Number 43 of the 50 most relevant might just be one of my favorite players that you could pick in 2021. Give it up.